Welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. Brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Health and Life Sciences at the Edge presented by Intel. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're discussing how AI can be leveraged in healthcare to help make faster diagnoses and improve research. And joining me today, we are thrilled to welcome Dr. Chai Jongfei, CEO and co-founder of HY Medical. Dr. Chai, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. We're thankful for your invitation. Yeah, I'm so glad to join this uh, uh, broadcast. Absolutely. We are thrilled to have you on. And we're also thrilled to be joined today by Binish Zia. Uh, she is the Chief Architect of Medical Imaging for Intel. Binish, welcome back to another episode of the show. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here, Tyler. Very, very good. Well, Binish, let's start off with you. Can you describe some of the challenges associated with getting a medical diagnosis? Why does this process often take maybe longer than it should, you know, hours or, or even longer? Yeah, so medical diagnosis, as we all know, is a complex process which requires clinical skills. And the need for clear decision needs to be balanced with acceptance for ambiguity of many clinical situations. And these diagnoses can vary from looking at symptoms of a patient and predicting what conditions or disease they may have to make the diagnosis, or it could be diagnosis out of um, lab or medical images. So when we look at, say, for example, in medical imaging, these diagnoses could be detecting lung nodules, could be tuberculosis screening, could be bone fracture, or could be even breast cancer detection. And all of these have variety of reasons why the process or the diagnosis takes longer or hours or even more. And some of them could be human variation in logic and process. Uh, secondly, it could be just the nature of evidence is not clear and further test or screening needs to be conducted to come to more concrete conclusions. Next could be uh, the gold standards vary. There is no one uniform gold standard globally that the medical community accepts, and that also can cause uh, longer times to do the diagnosis. Fourthly, um, there's lack of evidence um, and data not being from diverse population. We have a huge diverse population in almost all countries now, so just not having good data set to represent all the communities also results in delay. And lastly, and most importantly, we all know that the, the number of cases that the physicians have to handle per day is just growing. For example, in certain hospitals in New York, we have heard that the, the radiologists have get more than 1,400 scans per day. And maybe there's just like a handful of radiologists to look at this. So just a huge imbalance between the number of cases requiring diagnosis and the medical staff available to provide the diagnosis is not good. And that results in the process taking hours or even longer. That's a, that's a great point. And, and you highlight the importance there. Uh, tell us a little bit more about why quicker diagnoses are a priority and how they can help drive better patient outcomes. Yes, this one I feel um, all of us know that a shorter, quicker diagnosis is critical to provide patient care quickly, especially in severe cases. Um, so let's look at an example to answer the second part of your question to drive better outcomes. Say you have 10 plus patients coming into the hospital with uh, cough and fever symptoms. Now this symptom could be of chronic smoking leading to lung diseases, including cancer, or it could be because of say cold virus flu, or it could be tuberculosis. And at the time the 
scan or a treatment has been conducted and diagnosis is being taken and taking action on that diagnosis can result in full recovery to partial recovery in some cases. And the apart from just the recovery, that causes a physical toll, mental toll, and emotional and financial trauma to the patient. So it's very, very important that a diagnosis happens quickly so the patient or individual doesn't have to go through all that. That's a that's a very good point, and I think very well put, Binish. And so, Dr. Chai, that brings us to you. Tell us a little bit more about how AI can help in making faster diagnoses. Okay. Yeah, as, as she had just mentioned, actually, there are a very... Uh, a huge amount of the image are create, uh, creating every day. In the meantime, actually, there are shortage of the radiologists to read the image. So then the the real uh, situation is uh, because of there is a long waiting list of the imaging. So after the patient gets the examinations, usually it takes like uh, hours, even days to get the report. So how the AI can help the, the pr- procedure is uh, Traditional uh, process is uh, after the patient gets uh, uh, the scan, uh, then it would be in the waiting list. Then until the, the radiologist have to uh, to to read the uh, image, and usually the diagnosis takes like uh, ten to fifteen minutes for each uh, uh, radiologist to read that uh, image and write the report. So a- after using AI, what they do is uh, after the scanning, well, the AI machine can immediately calculate the the uh, imaging uh, and to uh, to calculate the, the where the lesion is located and what type of lesion and the cre- uh, uh, well, it's take like uh, around one minute, and the, it, the AI machine can give them some initial result, then. When the doc- doctor to read the open the image, then the, we are to immediately show the uh, result. And uh, based on the, the basic result, the doctor only need to check that, review that, and uh, eventually to approve that result. So actually for single uh, diagnosis, the AI can at least reduce 30% of the reading time for the, to, for the diagnosis for the single diagnosis. So uh, the reason is actually now the CT and the MRI become very uh, important and major examinations. Uh, but for any CT and MRI, they had multiple slices, they even have the hundred, even thousand slices. So for the for the uh, doctors, it's, it have takes a lot of time and especially read some some small lesions. It's, a, it's very easily to be missed or it's a misreaded to as a different result. So the AI can, what can help is actually for two things. One is makes the diagnosis like at least 30% faster and also can make the diagnosis more precise. And because we, we already make some uh, clinical test, we find out at least can improve the accuracy by uh, five, uh, five to uh, even to 15% uh, accuracy improvement. So yeah, that's, a, that's all AI can help the diagnosis. 
Well, that's that's really interesting because obviously speed and accuracy are two critical factors when discussing medical diagnoses. And so it's it's incredible to see how AI can be so beneficial in these specific areas. So tell us a little bit, Dr. Chai, about implementation. How easy is it to implement and to use these AI tools? So basically, uh, the AI tools is uh, quite easily can be implemented. I, there are two ways for the implementation. One way is uh, it can directly attach to some single uh, medical device like a CT or MRI or or some X-ray because uh, all the devices have the standard uh, format used uh, for the imaging, the, the, the DICOM form, format. So for the single device, the, the, this, uh, the AI machine can be easily uh, attach, uh, well, connect to this uh, either the single machine or there's another system called PAX system for some big hospital. All the imaging device will first send all the image to the PAX system. Then another, uh, so another way is that you can make the AI machine connect to the PAX system. Then any imaging in the PAX system can uh, have the the, this uh, AI function. So uh, I, I won't say either medical imaging or the uh, PAC system are quite standard. So the usually it's not the very difficult to, to make a connection. And also uh, in the world, they have the quite standard uh, connection way. So the, the, for the AI, it's, a, it's really easy. Well, that's a that's a really good uh, answer to have, and really good, I think, for for people to hear. And so, let's talk about um, you know an example or two uh, of a use case for how these AI driven tools can work in practice. And so, Binish and Dr. Chai, can you share with us just an example of where this has been implemented with uh, with success? Yeah, I want to make an example. Is um, recently we we work a lot on the. Usually, the long CT is, is a quite quite a popular uh, exam for the medical imaging, and uh, as Benis already mentioned, one very popular or I would say most popular examination for the AI is uh, doing the make the long nodule de- detection on based on the the, the chest CT, and um, because uh, you know the for the early screening for the lung cancer it's uh, become very very popular in the many countries and also uh, for the detection of lung uh, nodule it's a hard task because uh, the lesion is very small and also very similar to some other uh, structures so for the doctors it's very well easily to could be missed based on our data. The missing rate could be up to like ten percent in the in the population. So uh, what the AI can do is app uh, before the the doctor read the image, and the AI already count and marks any tiny lesions on the whole uh, 3D image, and that method can help the doctors to improve at least 5% of the accuracy of the diagnosis and also more, even more than 30% of the time. Venus, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, but examples Dr. Jai gave are great. Um, and just to add on to what he said, I can give two more examples, uh, one being very similar to what he had mentioned on um, AI using to detect some lesions and augment the work that the radiologists are doing. 
Very similarly, uh, radiologists spend hours uh, contouring anomalous regions in the scans, and this could take a really long time. So an AI-driven tool can assist them by automatically contouring those anomalous regions and help augment the work they are doing. The next example I'll give is something very dear to my heart is from ultrasound. So many of our listeners might have experienced getting a fetal scan done when they are expecting a baby. Uh, now, usually when an ultrasound is being done, a technician will mark and label like various dimensions, um, for example, head circumference, body length, etc., to give you an idea of the growth and development of the baby. And I believe there is so much potential for AI-driven tools to automatically do this. So the growth can be, uh, so only the critical cases would be the one that the technician would need to look at and would also speed up the number of uh, ultrasounds that need to happen per day. So those would be the two examples I would add on to what Dr. Chai already said. Really, really well put. And I think some fantastic examples of the benefits of, of what we're talking about here, utilizing AI-driven tools. And so as we come to the end of this episode of the podcast, it's been a pleasure getting a chance to, to learn from both of you and have this conversation. I want to get any final thoughts or any conclusions that you'd like to leave our audience with here today. So Dr. Chai, do you have any anything that you'd like to, to share with our audience before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to see the what we can do and also uh, what, what we share some examples for the AI use for the radiology. I, I just want to see this is a, just the beginning of the AI for the medical use. And uh, as Dennis said, I mentioned, it's a, especially in recent years, it's a the AI uh, application already oh, well, extended to even much more brighter uh, area like in ultrasound, the endoscopy, pathology, yeah, and um, even uh, for some like a uh, uh, radiation oncology, yeah, I just did even some uh, some in the uh, intervascular uh, some imaging like uh, OCT, IVs, and even some yes, I just want to see there are many many applications in the in the future because um, yeah, that's uh, what we share is the really just the beginning or a part very little part of the well, some applications in the in the future even especially for some uh, even for like a 4d imaging and also for, for the uh, progress of the some, some prediction to compare multiple imagings to to see how the legions are progressing yeah I just want to see there are many many more potential applications in the future and um, we are really confident that the AI can well, make a really important roles in the medical imaging diagnosis. Yeah, that's my uh, conclusion. Very good. And Binish, any final thoughts? Any uh, Anything you want to leave the audience with? Yes, uh, very similar to what Dr. Chai said. I feel that the, the breadth of places where AI can be applied is really huge. Uh, I know we shared examples from radiology mostly, but you can apply AI to medical imaging, to diagnostics and monitoring, to health IT infrastructure, to even lab and life sciences cases. So we see there's a huge potential of AI-driven tools to augment a number of healthcare use cases. So you'll definitely, this area is growing and we should all look into it together. And the other thing I would like to point out is there's statistics showing that there's a shortage of physicians all around the globe and the aging population is just growing. So we know there is a need for technology to advance healthcare field, including medical imaging and medical diagnosis. 
And this technology could be AI, could be 5G, could be compute from edge to cloud, but the need is there. And that's why all of us, different companies, whether they're in healthcare, in technology, need to come together to improve the patient care. So if you would like to have further discussion on the topic, um, I would invite all of you to reach out to me over LinkedIn. Very good. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Chai Jong-Fei and Binish Zia joining us here on the podcast. Thank you both so much for being here uh, on the Health and Life Sciences at the Edge podcast presented by Intel. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And I want to thank our audience for tuning in to the uh, Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, making sense of use cases across industries brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things group. Don't forget to subscribe to hear more from the Intel Internet of Things group, and we will see you on our very next episode. Thank you. Thank you.